Adam, I'm just going to ask you bluntly. Do you like shower sex? Mm, it's the best kind. Really? It's all, it's all wet and wet and soapy. You know, that's like the thing. Like everyone says they like shower sex. But for me, it's like it's like slippery. It's awkward. And it's like and honestly, it's, it's like the worst part about going to prison. Ah. <laughs> real talk though real talk though like I, I highly don't recommend shower sex i just had shower sex like not okay. too long ago yes. and like like my dick got stuck in the drain. So it's oh like, man, very painful. Man, Adam, you don't how have, are you doing? <laughs> you don't have one of those stand-up showers like I do. No, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say I mean, like I have to reach really high to get up there. Like, <laughs> yeah, Is it like jump and thrust? You know? <laughs> exactly. Adam, I just oh, realized man. our very next episode, the next time we convene, is episode yes. three hundred and fifty. Three fifty. Does that yeah. mean anything to anybody in this world? Is the real uh, question. It means something to me. Damn oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, the number is not very significant. I just thought it was really neat that we're going to be doing our end of the year celebration. Shun, yes. Shun, shun. Yes. So in two weeks from now, uh, we're taking a break. Uh, and have, by the way, uh, to all of our American listeners out there, happy Thanksgiving. This is coming out the week of Thanksgiving. It is. Uh, uh, please remember to stay safe, take care of yourselves and take care of one another. Uh, and uh, and just apparently you know, don't be around anybody. That's that's what we've been hearing, right? Not even the people you live with. Have no. Thanksgiving from your individual bedrooms. <laughs> if you share a room with your significant other or spouse, one of you is going to have to draw straws and eat Thanksgiving dinner in the bathroom. That's okay. just what well, that's just what I heard. Don't shoot the messenger. Happy Thanksgiving. This is Biden's you know? America. It's so ra- racist. <laughs> I don't know why we have to live in this kind of dictatorship. Tell me about it, Adam. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw a I saw a Trump supported video not too long ago, mm. prior to the election, that mm. said that had videos of like current riots and current police unrest, and said mm? this is Biden's America. Oh or, man, it's like, bro, this this is currently happening in your America. <laughs> right. I don't think uh, <laughs> Biden is president yet. He's <laughs> right. tr- he's trying to become president, but you know uh, the the pr- the current administration seems to not be. Uh, allowing that to happen so this no is going to be interesting how like it unfolds said, no one's ever accused trump or his supporters of being very smart anyway like <laughs> i said happy thanksgiving to all of our american uh, listeners out there of which we have for, uh, according to my analytics 45 percent nice. of our uh, listenership is american that's, that's bizarrely low isn't it it's strange, yeah, <laughs> but it, okay. it is still the majority. Um, but the and like twenty something percent of our listenership is uh, is from uh, Europe. So hey, okay, hi everyone, <laughs> hi. It's all that inter shikariing we've been doing lately. Yeah, I know. Tell us about it. Yeah, uh, we we, so, we do cover a lot of like UK stuff too, and most of the uh, um, the bands that we've been uh, you know featuring. Uh, you know, to, to check out who wants to reach out for us. You know, they're from like Canada and the UK, and like you know, it's it's been a it's been a while since we featured an American band. I know. Interestingly enough, I, I was listening to our old podcast we did back in like May, right before the world fell apart for a second time, mm-hmm. and now I can't even remember the name of that band. But I oh, that pop punk band, right? <laughs> yeah, I looked up their yeah. their song again. I was like, oh yeah, these these guys are really good, and I was going to mention them. 
here on the show. Yeah, I was actually cleaning up my uh, Dropbox uh, a couple weeks ago because I had that track still in there, and I was like, I was like, oh yeah, I remember this band, and I checked them out. They seem to be doing pretty well, despite everything going on in the world. But, I hope yeah, so. Good on them. I hope so. I can't get my music player to load, so I'm not sure who they are anymore. <laughs> but anyway, they, they folks... had a song called Haley. That's all I remember. <laughs> oh right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> folks. We hope again. What again? We hope you're doing well this uh, this this week. Again, just I just hope that you guys just please be safe, take care of yourselves and one another. Uh, Thanksgiving is going to look very different this year than what we are traditionally used to. But please take that in stride and again, just remember know, Mike, to support ourselves one another. You won't be here this year. Yeah, you won't be here. It'll be very sad. Something I, that I you'll look, something that you'll be thankful for. <laughs> oh. oh, I just made fun of myself. Oh, that's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the three hundred and fiftieth episode. That's the. Uh, that's the uh, the one where we actually are in the same room, right? That's the uh, that's the aluminum anniversary, I believe. <laughs> if, I, if I know my traditions, uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get together. Or we're gonna plan to at least, and we're gonna record all three of our uh, end of the year uh, album discussions. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a great time. One of my favorite times of the year uh, because we get to do that kind of stuff. We get to reminisce on all the great and not so great albums that we listened to in 2020. <laughs> yeah. I'm still I'm almost at the I'm at the tail end of uh checking out of uh, revisiting albums and i've been uh, and lucky for me i've been finding like some stuff to throw into my uh, best songs of the year contender so it's just, mm. this has been a very productive last couple of weeks very nice mm-hmm. but uh, this week folks we are going to be doing just a fun little throwback uh we kept mentioning both to ourselves and on the show too that we were going to do like a chris cornell uh track by track to kind of cap off the celebration of mike finally becoming a soundgarden fan yes Garden slash chris cornell fan uh you know chris cornell one of adam's favorite musicians you know matt cameron too one of his favorite musicians as well yes uh so today we're going to be reviewing bad motor finger an album that is almost 30 years old my goodness back in september it celebrated its 29 year anniversary damn so you know, because that album means a lot to Adam, because it was one of my favorites going to check out all of Chris Cornell's uh, albums earlier in the year. We are going to just do something fun, uh, a little bit cash and just kind of go track by track from this uh, album that uh, I mean, I mean, you're the you're, you're the you're the hardcore Soundgarden fan. Was that was that the album yes. that kind of put them on the map? Um, yes, I would say it definitely was. It didn't put them on my map because I didn't learn about them until uh, a decade later. But mm-hmm. it, it launched them. They were on tour with Guns N' Roses at the time that that album came out. And so it just kind of hurtled them in the Seattle scene into the mainstream very quickly. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, rightfully so. Uh, it's my mm-hmm. currently my number 12 album of all time. Yeah, I was going to say that. I mean, it's, it's, it's got to it had to be bumped back a little bit because super. Well, Brian Fallon over there messing shit up. So it's only uh, bumped back by one. It's <laughs> yeah, only just one. By one. <laughs> just barely missing the top ten. Still right there at the top, you know, uh, uh, you know, in number twelve. So it's you know very important album album to Adam, of course. So it's a highly enjoyable album for me as well. So we'll go through that. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. We got a few news stories. One of which, folks, is going to change your life because mm-hmm. I know. When, when, when I first ga- gazed upon this mm-hmm. earlier in the week, mm-hmm. my God, my life was changed I think, forever. I mean, if, if it didn't change your life, then you probably needed to change something afterwards. <laughs> I don't know what it was. but Adam, at last, <laughs> the <laughs> artwork 
we have long awaited has now finally graced us with its presence. Never before has an album artwork been so glorious in its attempt to transcend every human sense and create a musical experience unlike any that has come before. A day to remember will be remembered for the heroes that they are in ensuring that the album art rightfully holds back a music record for more than 16 months so that we mere mortals can properly remove ourselves from our meek and terrible human coil and finally yeah. become one with exactly. your welcome. Whoa. I mean, look at this thing. This, this is epic. <laughs> I, I do have to say, though, it is epic. It's stupid, but it's epic. <laughs> Are you being facetious right now? I'm being tell. serious. Adam, this it's... is not the time for okay, jokes. This is, Your welcome saying. album okay. art is finally out, Adam. <laughs> the, 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 the back of the man, the back of his head, you know, the, the, the staple of the A Day to Remember uh, uh, album art, he's there. You can't have A Day to Remember album art without the back of some young man's head. Is he usually wearing a hoodie? I'm not sure. I've never really paid attention to the album artwork in my entire life. For this Various <laughs> states of a back of a young man's head. <laughs> so um, he's staring. like It looks like he's staring up a slide. Like, like a, a, a park slide. A red like one of those slide. jumbo slides at the county fairs. Yes. That costs um, way too much money, but you know your kids are really bugging you to go. So you spend the last of your uh, 20 bucks in order to get them to go on. 20 it's bucks. Like, oh, Only 20 yeah. bucks. 20 bucks. 20 bucks and, for a slide. So, so, but ahead of the slide is a brick wall that the man somehow broke through, busted through, exploded through. He's not all bloody and bashed, so I'm, I'm not sure what's going on here. Well, Adam, he's, did you know that that hoodie that he was wearing oh, used to be white? Oh, it's covered yeah. in blood. Covered in blood, Adam. Of his enemies. Whoa! And I'm sure this falls perfectly <laughs> into the opening track, Brick Wall. Mm. So I'm just like, I get it. And yes, then... we, were, we were introduced to, folks, keep in mind, this is the fourth single off of this album. <laughs> Where this album was supposed to come out back in November of 2019, delayed mm -hmm. for unknown reasons. And when we found out that like they were waiting to finalize the album art, mm -hmm. 16 months later, the album will finally come out in uh, on March 5th, 2021, which in... in all joking aside, it actually kind of eases my mind a little bit. That way I don't have to worry about the fan draft anymore. <laughs> That's right. Because I was always looking like, well, they could just literally shadow drop this at any time. But, mm -hmm. you know, so we have to wait now to 2021. They gave easy us points. If anybody wants to join the draft for next year, easy points. I'm go. guaranteeing you four <laughs> to five points. Uh, I we'll, we'll see. I mean, they are a fickle fan base. But I just want to explain the rest of this album artwork. Yes, because please. there's so much going on here. Keep going. Um, I'm close to okay. climax here. So... Keep going. Um, so if you go <laughs> up the slide, you, you like there's mountains on the left and the right, clouds in the distance. But Where ahead, are we right now? At the top of the slide or bottom of the slide? I'm not sure. It depends on which way you're looking at it. It depends just, on your perspective, man. There's a golden arch door, looking out into outer the space. Void. The endless void within us. Maybe all. it's maybe it's uh, maybe it's inside of our minds, dude. I know. Dude, this I've been is... contemplating this all week, and I yes. still don't understand. Like, I need this album to give me the answers. It's going What's to. behind the door? What's through the arch? Is it inside of us? Is it the metaphysical space that has that we've been long searching for our whole lives, always within reach, but never, but 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 never within our grasp? I think it might be. I mean, that's why we need to listen to this and judge accordingly. 
Or will this simply be another kind of meh Brit Day to Remember album? <laughs> All of the above. Folks, this album will be four. <laughs> All of the above. Album, this uh, album, Adam, this album <laughs> will be 14 tracks long again. We've already heard uh, four uh, tracks here. Have you heard any of these singles? No. Have you? Mm. Uh, yeah, I've heard all four of the singles. <laughs> okay. And, are they, and they've all, are they... they've all varying degrees of success here. I okay. mean, Burke Wall is actually, which is the opening track, uh, it's, it's kind of more different than what we're used to by mm. a data remember. So they're kind of going, not experimental, but kind of taking a little left turn in what we're used to. But, you know, every mm. time they do that, I'm like, oh, this album going to be different than usual like no it's just one different track but we'll see we'll see we gotta wait on may 5th uh this is what jeremy mckinnon uh florida's own jeremy mckinnon has to say it's finally here Yay. almost uh to all of our fans around the world i want to say thank you you've waited oh, oh you're welcome <laughs> uh you you've waited patiently and we can't wait for you to hear this there's a lot of detail in everything we do from the mixes to the artwork because it all tells a story so we've made sure that each element was perfect. Every line happens for a reason. We took what we envisioned modern music to be, and we made a hybrid of who we were, who we are, and who we want to be. It took a lot of maneuvering to get it right, but we feel like, but we feel like we did. Uh, we are here now, and we're very happy to present. You're welcome. So, a lot of hype going into this. Now, a lot of over hype, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean. We'll, we'll we'll let our senses be the judge of that. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll, we'll we'll let you know what we think of it because we're most important, the biggest Data Remember fans. I was folks twenty twelve. Folks, we are probably the uh, one source for Data Remember news and reviews. Uh, your favorite podcast, my favorite podcast. So stay tuned. <laughs> It's coming March <laughs> to find out what we finally think of your welcome All an right. album 16 months in the making. Uh, so this next story, not too much of a new story, but I thought it was something really cool. And just in case you missed it, folks, uh, there is a free live stream uh, happening uh, next week, actually, on December 3rd and 4th. Um, so not so I'm pretty sure that just means that it's going to be live for viewing on those two dates. Uh, so this is going to be, uh, they're called this The Barricade. Now you can get more information over at thebarricade.live. And uh, what this seems to be, uh, it's going to be a, a, a live stream concert featuring the likes of The Plot and You. Hmm. We Came as Romans. Ooh. Day Seeker. <gasps> and Bad Omens. Yes. So I that mean, is an incredible lineup, in my opinion. It's pretty good. It's pretty yeah. good. Um, I'm not going to spend money on this, but that's okay. Oh, wait, it's free. Adam, Sorry. that is the best <laughs> thing about this Barricade live stream. It is absolutely free. Oh, my God. It's going to be a sponsor. It's, it's got it's got a few sponsors, so I'm sure we'll get some ad. We'll, we'll get some ad rolls every now and then. But mm. hey, that's, that's, that's completely fine. Uh, it's going to be hosted by Katie Babs, who I did some research, and I found out that she is the host of Sirius XM Octane and Sirius XM Turbo. Nice. Um, and on her Instagram, she she posts a lot of thirst trap photos. So, whatever. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you can watch this and Elsie live stream <laughs> at the at the same time, right? Yeah. Keep in mind that uh, on December third. Oh, sorry. On December third, uh, Brian Fallon is going to be uh, streaming live for twenty five dollars, roughly American. <laughs> uh, uh, for uh, he's going to be streaming live Elsie uh, by the horrible by the horrible crows track by track. I know. So if you have twenty five bucks check that out but if you don't i guess you can check out this barricade 
uh, show for free. Yeah, exactly. So what, where is the real value here? That's right. Um, Brian Fallon. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Free Bad Omens, $25 Brian Fallon. I mean. Yeah, $25 Brian Fallon playing an album that's nine years old. Man, old. Ancient. Mm. But like no, I'll, us, I'll be, baby. I'm going to watch Brian Fallon. I, I, actually, I'm going to listen to it later in the evening. Uh, the yeah. I'm not going to do that thing again that I did last time <laughs> i'm still planning on taking the day off on december 3rd to, to check this out live so if the barricade thing happens like there, there's we don't, i don't i looked um all this weekend i couldn't find any more details about like when this was starting so it, it leads me to believe that it's going to be some sort of pre-taped thing which is fine too because that means like well, well there's like, a cool, there, cool camera angles and you know right well there is a countdown so if you do the there countdown is. you could find out I think yeah you have to, like, 11 days the countdown is for 11 days when the thing starts right um, but if you As if you Google that countdown, and then you can find out how many, like what time it ends at, so you know what time the show will start. Adam, you're right now, none fucking of us genius. Oh my god, I'll <laughs> do right that now, as soon like, as this recording's over. <laughs> it's like, does it start at five o'clock? Is it eight o'clock? Is it two in the morning? I, I have no idea. I can't. It's going to directly that. compete with Brian Fallon's LC <laughs> LC concert. Just I mean, to spite us. <laughs> the fans will be writing both. Like they'll be watching both at the same time. Yeah, like I got a, multiple computers at my <laughs> at, at my house. I can I can play both. Right. We might be <laughs> as the loud only, as possible. We might be the only people that like all five of those artists right there. That's I know, that's right? A very <laughs> unique <a> weird... <laughs> mixture of 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 fan. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is as niche as it gets. You know, where we're struggling to watch the barricade and or Brian Fallon's Elsie. <laughs> right. But yeah, it's it's gonna be fun. Like I said, uh, else uh, bar the barricade will be on on both December third and fourth. So in case, like I said, in case you missed it, go check that out. And uh, the, again, it's the barricade dot live. Mm -hmm. uh, so Adam, you know our life, our lives changed uh, this past week when your welcomes artwork finally was released to the public that what what else like changed for the better like something else i feel like is in is engulfing my mind and telling me to do and say things and listen to things that i wouldn't normally listen to what's going mm. on here um i think the uh, transmission from the church of leshatology has finally been beaming out to uh, american homes there has been transmissions in the air <laughs> so uh yeah I think that's all totally not also totally not Green Day, by the way, no, totally uh, the not. network, <laughs> the network released the Trans Am EP this past week. Uh, it's just a 10 minute little EP, right, Adam? How mm -hmm. many tracks? Yeah, four tracks. It's 10 minutes altogether. Uh, it came out on Friday. It kind of shadow dropped uh, as well as them announcing that the album is going to come out on December 4th. That's right. So yeah. I don't know if these four tracks will be on the album. But if they are, then I'm fine with that because these four tracks were incredible. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the network, very, very, very strange, very, you know, concepty, uh, you, you know, kind of cultish kind of product uh, project from Totally Not Green Day. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, even just the teaser that uh, you shared here with me, like I, I love the bass work in here, which I it's, think is for the Trans Am track, right? Yes. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty yeah. cool. And then the Flat Earth song is <laughs> incredible. I wish I had written that. Um, and Ivanka is a Nazi is a really great song, too. So I think oh. uh, Adam, you know, can please we're trying to have a music show here. Can you please keep mm, your politics out of it? Please? I can't. I can't. I, I, I've been brainwashed by this this whole thing. The uh, liberal media. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, 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 like, I didn't like, realize that the that the, the EP was out. So, you know, I, I, 
after as soon as i'm done like listening or or recording this i'm gonna definitely go check this out uh, later today very excited for this track one and three are kind of serious real songs and tracks two and four are something the lonely island could have done and uh, (laughs) i i think all four of them sound great and i can sing along and enjoy all of it so nice, uh, I'm, I'm excited for this it's one more album to throw on the pile for the year but yeah. uh, it's it feels like the best work that green day's done since you know 2009 <laughs> well why would you bring up green day like I don't, oh i'm sorry i'm no i mean green day adam i i meant on green day's label on you know the, oh the, the, anything uh, warner brothers is oh, okay right, i get it right. yeah. well not it's not even warner brothers or are they on warner brothers now i thought they were on yeah. uh billy joe's label did they get brought over i can't remember anymore oh my god i have you you just opened up a huge can of worms in this conspiracy theory the lore (laughs) (laughs) and uh i think that'll do it for the news segment so again kind of like a light news week here but still some exciting stuff uh you know again very excited for uh you know the 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 network's full-length album coming out next friday oh god what, what what is that i can hear it like it's coming around the corner oh my god oh my god adam oh no oh no oh no adam run run (laughs) run it's a new album Adam, bad motor finger <laughs> was an album that Worst came out. breakdown music that ever was invented, but I think it just tells it tells the story of where uh, we're, we always go into mm-hmm. a new album breakdown. So I, I'm, I'm glad we have it. I'm just more ashamed that it took us this long to finally call this segment like breakdown. Yes. Like, it was right there. Oh, my God. I'm so fucking stupid. Other, other podcasts be damned. Uh, tell me about it like this is folks listen folks listening to this this is no longer your favorite podcast please i implore you to find another podcast to listen to <laughs> week by week because this is we we have failed you and i failed myself i mean and especially I really... if we only have 45 percent of an american audience i mean that's rightfully that's so that's like rightfully donald, so that's like donald trump popular vote <laughs> those are <right>? trump numbers <laughs> man <laughs> <laughs> anyway that is not a adam... successful podcast in my opinion <laughs> You know what, Adam? We may have lost the popular vote like we do every year, but <laughs> God damn it. This podcast has won the Electoral College. Oh, and once again, it's come you. back around and has become your favorite, my favorite, and the listener's favorite podcast. Welcome back, folks, to another Track by Track Breakdown. We're going to do a little bit of a retro one. If, you, if, you're, if you've been a recent listener of the show, you know that I took a bit of a deep dive into Chris Cornell's career. Uh, and if you've been a longtime listener, then you'll know that Chris Cornell is one of Adam's favorite musical artists of all time. If not your favorite, what, singer? He's probably your favorite singer, right? Yes. And if you, I mean, we'll, we'll discuss episode one of our podcast uh, in a future episode. But, uh, you know. Ten I, episodes from now, probably. There, yes, yes. There's uh, There's been times in my career where I uh, felt that he might not have been, which in hindsight, you know, is, is surprising to try to figure out. But, uh, you know, between the years, the, 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 the aughts, he was definitely my go-to number one best singer in the world mm. guy. And, uh, yeah, I think 
I, now that you've listened to everything, would you say? Well, actually, you've you've skipped a few along the way, but that's okay. A little bit, yeah. Would I you say? I've listened to every single thing Chris Cornell has done, but I've done like you know all the Soundgarden albums. I did the uh, the uh, Temple of a Dog album, and I did yes. the first two. No. No, wait. Yeah, the, just the first uh, Audio Slave album. Yes. And listen to one solo. of his the, the first solo album as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've got a good. Um, uh, so, and it, would you yeah. say this might be his best vocal performance? Okay, so I knew this question was going to come up, and I'd have to say, as far as range goes, I'd I'd give that honor to the first Audio Slave album. Oh, uh, Bad Motorfinger is a great vocal performance and this is him he was a young whippersnapper yeah uh, i don't know how old he was in uh like 20 21 right 26 so, yeah so yeah he you know he's a young whippersnapper this is right at the beginning of Soundgarden, like you know hitting the mainstream and getting into the public consciousness and you know he, and he changed his vocal style too you know we talked a little bit about when i reviewed the first two Soundgarden albums and that was a very different chris cornell than what i what i was expecting you know, well, when we like... hear Chris Cornell, but like, you know, you, you, you hear the crooning, you hear like that, that, like that, that really wide range wailing that he can do. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting like a kind of like, kind of like a garage rock kind of punk sound from the first two Soundgarden albums. Right. Mm-hmm. So him from, from him going to that, to what I would find out, uh, Temple of the Dog is Temple of the Dog predates Bad Motor Finger to, to, to completely, so yeah, ever so slightly. Just that same year, but, you know, a few months before. But for him to go from that punk style to transition into what would be known as like kind of like the grunge template, I, I guess you could call it, to, is is quite an impressive feat. And I think he's just gotten better as a vocalist right there. And then finally culminating, I think, with uh, um, the first Audio Slave album. I feel like that's his best vocal performance um, as a singer. Okay. Um, but you know, bad, bad, bad motor finger here. I mean, he ain't no slouch. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. he's he's wailing, he's screaming, he's crooning. You know, he's he he is he is a handsome motherfucker <laughs> vocally. You know, so that is the best way right. to put it. Let's see. So he was. Uh, I'm trying to just do the math on how old he was at this point. 27, 27 mm. when this came out. So I mean, you're at your exact prime as mm-hmm. as a as a human being pretty much so, uh, <laughs> some was... some i mean you know luckily he didn't go the route of like other lead singers at age 27 and be like well nothing now i'll never accomplish anything else in my life bye <laughs> exactly so and he was a little bit older than the other guys coming up in the scene at that point because mm. you know kurt, uh, kurt cobain was only about 23 24 by that point young whippersnapper yeah exactly so uh he but but you know soundgarden had already been a band for seven years at this point Oh yeah, so uh, something you know, you know prior to going into this, I, I I had no idea. Like you, you, I know you, I know that's something that you told me, mm-hmm. but I just always assumed that like, oh, without ch- ever checking like Wikipedia or something, like oh yeah, Bad Motorfinger, their first album. But no, mm-hmm. this is their third album, and uh, so you would say that this is Chris Cornell's uh, best vocal performance. Uh, I, on certain days, yes, but uh, Temple of the Dog will always have a special place in my soul. Oh, okay, for that. Um, because it is it is such a stripped down version it's not crazy heavy so his voice yeah you could tell that they're still kind of trying to figure out that formula Mm -hmm. uh with temple especially because it's a collaboration right it's not like a it's not like with soundgarden like oh this you know we're all familiar with our own musicianship as a band Uh, we're familiar with each other's like uh 
you know, talents and strengths. And so we kind of lean into them with, you mm. know, Temple of the Dog. There is that kind of like uh, grungy kind of like collabi na- nature where you can tell it's not quite there, but like that passion is still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a very unique sound and they kind of can't that. So, so, you know, I don't know if Soundgarden was like planning to go in this direction, but like, you know, a, 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 a change was happening in the rock scene right. um, overall. So, you know, because well, you had your uh, your Temple of the Dog came out in April that year. Mm-hmm. You had your uh, Pearl Jam 10 come out in August of that year. This album came out in September. Yeah. And then uh, never mind. Grunge trifecta. Nevermind came out like right around that time. I'm just quickly looking that one up. It's literally like within a couple of days of Bad Motor Finger. Yep. Mm. Same exact day, September 24th, 91. Damn. So so 91 was a good year for grunge. (laughs) Yeah, that was by 92. It had like taken off like crazy. And that's when Dirt came out and, you know, all of the... Stone Temple Pilots came out that year. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, it just like exploded and was everywhere. But uh, I, I feel, I always feel like these, these are the beginning stages of the really good grunge. Cause you can get into that 80s stuff from the Seattle scene that wasn't super popular, but it's not, it's not that good. It's, you get that, that feel, you get that slowed down, heavy, doom kind of Black Sabbath meets punk rock kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but it's not very good. So, <laughs> yeah, but you can tell like the the music scene at the time was still trying to figure that stuff out, right? Exactly. It wasn't like it wasn't like, oh, we know exa- like this is the template moving forward, and you you have to work to that. You know, bands have yes. to experiment, and then other bands will be ex- inspired by that and do their own version of it. Mm-hmm. And it happens in every scene too. Like you, you know, you, you you even fast forward to like the emo scene. Everyone wanted to sound like Ohio is for lovers, and then and then slowly everyone started doing their own version of Ohio is for lovers, and then it kind of evolved into whatever my chem was doing and then whatever, you know, thrice was doing, whatever Seosin was doing, you know, and then whatever bring me the horizon was doing who continue to set the bar, but we'll talk about them another day. Yes. (laughs) Today we're going to talk about when Ollie Sykes was, uh, you know, four years old. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) When I was four years old too. Yeah. Ollie and I are the same age. And uh, Mm -hmm. so my, I have really no history with Soundgarden at all let alone this album because you know again recent listeners and longtime listeners will know i i just now got into it this year uh but uh so do you want to kind of talk a little bit about your history with bad motor finger kind of remind the audience once again before we get started uh just uh you know seeing Soundgarden on the mtvs and seeing their creepy black hole sun video in the mid 90s and being like wow that seems like an interesting band and then forgetting about them for many years until i finally had enough money to start buying albums in the early 2000s. Um, I had already had Down on the Upside, which I had never appreciated. But, you know, I finally jumped into uh, Super Unknown. And then I was like, oh, I should probably pick up another album from them. So I found this cheap version on Amazon.com. That's Amazon.com for all of your music and podcast needs. (laughs) But uh, in 2002, uh, I found a cheap copy of a UCD. That was all scratched and skipped. <laughs> Probably paid about three dollars for it. Right. And, uh, but I. But what I could make out 
was pure gold at that formative period of my life of just Did the like, cd play okay at least well no like the second half of it was very skippy and Oof. so now now when i listen to the album i'm always ex- expecting the skips <laughs> so i'm always happy that it's not there anymore that's how you can tell like how long you've been you've been like absorbing that album because mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're expecting a skip <laughs> like uh what was it um room a thousand years wide that was always like the worst skipped on there. Um, but sometimes you'd play it and it would play just fine and other times it would skip but uh, so um but no like i i, I fell in love with this because it wasn't anything super unknown that's for sure and uh, it wasn't like anything else i had ever really heard because i was much more used to chris cornell's you know more more crooning you know powerfulness but still slow and crooning kind of stuff but this was like mm-hmm heavy metal kind of powerful and some crooning like a little bit of crooning <laughs> yeah that that formula with um chris cornell and um and, and and what the band is trying to do with their kind of hard rock um it's 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 like right on the cusp of like heavy metal a little bit of punk flavor in there like mm-hmm. that that formula like it fits so well and it makes it i, I think chris is what what makes this accessible um, you know, if you if any other singer who was trying to be a little bit more aggressive, it'd just be a little, you know, especially in '91 too. Like mm-hmm. back, this 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 is like right on the cusp of like uh, this the satanic panic and things Ooh. like that. And this is right around the time that uh, kind of Tipper like Gore went too. Yeah, <laughs> this is right around the time that you know it, like, you know that, that that sexy Satan that tries to tempt people. Exactly. That's, I that's mean, what Chris Cornell looked like that. I mean, you you've seen the video for for some of these songs, right? I mean, oh yeah, yeah. And he had the flowing <laughs> hair, and he's all you know, twenty seven years old, and his Jesus body Christ is, pose, dude. His body is ripped like a motherfucker. <laughs> it's just like Abs. <laughs> getting the uh, getting the vapors. Yeah, this is yeah. Look again, this is around the time of in, the Satanic Panic was still kind of in the American mindset and like tipper this is around the time like where tipper gore was like trying to get like you know music to censor itself and then and of course that was the advent of the parental advisory warnings on on there so that would come a little bit later but oh yeah so any my point being is that like chris cornell's like crooning kind of almost kind of like r&b inspired vocal style i think is what makes this a little bit more accessible than like other hard rock acts out there and I'm not sure what influenced him between these years because it's a very short turnaround from 80 oh, yeah. to 91 between these two albums. An even shorter turnaround from this to uh, uh, Temple of the, or Temple of Dog to this. Uh, exactly. So, I mean, other than touring with Guns N' Roses during that time and them being like totally miserable on that tour because it was such a big, giant, bloated rock tour that uh, none of the fans knew who they were. Um, that, that's the only thing I can think of because like this is their first time kind of transferring over into kind of a just a more accessible sound as well which guns and roses obviously was full of accessible sound at that time so mm-hmm. I, I don't i don't want to say that guns and roses influenced this album because it sounds nothing like guns and roses but it definitely it, it gives it that bombastity mm-hmm. but i know you're not familiar with that band but that's okay not so much i mean just the just the big singles right yeah but, uh, but I, I i that's a that's an interesting um, point of view, though, I, 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 I tend to, you know, I, I tend to agree with that statement. So, with that out of the way, Adam, uh, yes. is there anything else you want to bring up before we start with song uh, one, Rusty Cage? I don't think so. I think this is just going to be our our 
our sayonara to Soundgarden. We'll probably never talk about them again, but I appreciate all of you bearing with me to finally bring this band to the podcast. Uh, one of my most influential bands of all time, and uh, don't get to talk about them very much. And I've definitely moved on in my music career, but <laughs> this is still one of the best albums to ever exist. And uh, I, it's hard for me to say if you're 25 and younger, if you would enjoy it as much, but give it a shot. This is a good starting point. And if you like well, for this, those of us who are 34 and younger, uh, <laughs> you know, I definitely say that like even by today's standards, but keep in mind, I listened to the 25, which folks, when we do the track by track, you're going to be listening to the 25 year oh, remaster, which is, uh, which best. is like re-edited. Um, but anyway, uh, I, I'd say with that in mind, like this, the shit holds up, dude, this shit holds I, up. And that's, I think that's, and that's what I was kind of going that's what I was kind of like bringing up when we were talking about that, that unique formula mm -hmm. with Chris Cornell and the way that this band's version of hard rock does. I, I think it makes it accessible. And I think it, I think artistically it holds up even by today's standards. So mm -hmm. that out of the way, let's go move on to track one, three rusty two, cage. So Great riff too. Cool. Really, really cool. Almost psychedelic riff. I really like this one here. Great way to start this album. I had never knew this was a single. I had never heard this song until I purchased this album for, again, $3. <laughs> Amazon.com for all your cheap album needs. <laughs> yeah, th uh, this is a song that, like, I, when I reviewed, when I went back and checked this out, like, I was not familiar with this at all. I never, I don't remember ever hearing this, like, on the radio or anything like this, but according to everything I'm reading, this was a single. So it has a, an interesting early 90s video. Uh, I don't recommend it, but <laughs> and then you got which the... I have gone back and checked out myself too, and it's like, yeah, it's 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 '91, baby. <laughs> I know uh, Johnny Cash covered this song and did an, an acoustic version. Oh yeah, yeah. So I he I heard is. that, and I was just like, I should really you know check this out. That was one of my first introductions to this album. Mm. <laughs> um, but just listening to that screaming right there, it's just like, it's so far removed from... Yeah, and the way he album. goes in and out of it, too. Like, he can just so seamlessly scream and then go back right here to the crooning. And then you just, if, if you can hone in on, on the drums, you know... Yes, I was going to bring this up, too. Matt Cameron, one of your favorite uh, music artists out here, and... As I was kind of absorbing it this past week and kind of just kind of reevaluating it, like I kind of noticed that you yourself, you definitely have like uh, inspired your drumming, yes, uh, based on him, based on this album more or less, based on this album. Wow, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Besides, so it's no funky. wonder that like yeah, it's no wonder that like uh, you know Matt Cameron is one of your favorites, of course. Besides the funky time signatures that I could never figure out, but. Uh, but we'll get to some even better awesomeness by track five, but we'll, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll take our time there. So what I imagine is going to happen throughout this track by track review, like you're going to, you're going to share with us and me, like why this album is so important to you, what these songs mean to you. And if, if, if I may, I, 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 I want to levy some, uh, criticisms that i have about this. okay so just, just thinking about it critically from somebody who is not a super fan who went into this like let's recently, just get so. let's, let's just get ready for this bridge right here oh the, the bridges on this album <laughs> fucking amazing dude <laughs> so uh but yes I, I look forward to your criticisms i'll bring them to chris cornell myself and uh, 
yes, Google. please do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and not, nothing too harsh though. It's just yeah, like it, it's it's just like you know, music composure kind of things. <clears throat> then we get the old school grunge feel right there. I know. This is something too that I uh, noticed that like if you just took this guitar riff and like played it in like a down tuned guitar, this is a modern like metalcore breakdown. Of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so bands, rock bands have been doing this shit for like decades, dude. <laughs> I'm just saying, motherfucking move. I know. <laughs> This is actually, like a day to remember big breakdown actually, right there. He wrote lyrics in there, you know? It's like a breakdown, but there's lyrics in there. Yeah! <laughs> oh, man. Some days I could hit those notes, man. Some days in my car when nobody's looking, I can mm -hmm. hit that. <laughs> Sing like no one's listening, man. Lean in ice picks on your steel shore. Mmm. And I'm going to break. So, yes, um... This was just like a, an introduction to this band pretty much for me at this point. It was like nothing I had heard from them before, but it was so good and so freaking heavy. Mm. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and move on now to track two. This is uh, Outshined. Mm -hmm. uh, one song that I think, uh, this is probably what a lot of people's like most familiar early uh, Soundgarden song would be, yes. I'd say. I didn't even uh, know how popular this song was until I got into this album. I like heard it here and there, but I didn't know like it was super duper popular for them. Also, for those of us normies out there, Outshined, also a brand of really delicious pops uh, fruit-based popsicles. Ooh. Only 90 calories a bar. And nice. if I were to recommend any to uh, the listeners out there, check out the lime one and also the chocolate-dipped <laughs> coconut ones. Hey, huge Soundgarden fans, that company. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I so you love, got, you got your, your love sad boy lyrics here. Your sad boy. Yeah. Lyrics. One of my favorite lines in this whole album is coming up right here. <laughs> in California. Feeling Minnesota. <laughs> I love that line, dude. It, it's I like it, it, I think it like exemplifies, like, also like Chris Cornell's like style. Like, you look oh, at yeah. that motherfucker. That like, sexy motherfucker. That guy looks California, right? Like, he but doesn't that, look like he should be sad, you know? No, dude. But he's feeling Minnesota every now and then, you know? He's feeling a little sad, lonely, cold, maybe. Mm. You know? Yes, exactly. But now you know who gets Mr. Flood. Mmm. I love this chorus coming up right here. Show me the power, child, I like to say. Ooh. Chills. Chills, dude. So, uh... Yeah, like I, 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 I remembered hearing this song throughout the 90s, never really realizing who the band was uh, until much later, and being very, very happy when I learned it was on this album. Mmm. That sonic. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah, love the, love the transition out of the chorus, too. That great little. Oh, so good. So, just that unison, like, just that unison uh, beat right there. So good. And then listening to his vocals right here, just on this is just the verse. This is mm -hmm. so fucking strong. You got that guitar in the background going with the vocals. Mm. Yeah, it's almost <laughs> so like that they're going in tandem too, and yes. I think that's one of Chris Cornell's uh, strengths. Oh man, the grass is always greener where the dogs are shit. <laughs> I love that line, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. It's. It. it it's like he it's like he over tries to bring the strength 
<laughs> like it almost feels like his voice is stronger than the music at times. <laughs> well, I mean, he's definitely like, like he definitely leads the like all the power from this music. I mean, not not to say the musicians aren't trying, but like I think like the what you remember most is uh, Chris's presence, you know, and his his his, his vocal style is so unique and so varied and so effortless that mm-hmm. like it, it that's it, it it out it outshines like anything like going else else going on in the song it's yes. so good uh, yeah and then when you the more you listen to it then you hear all of those layers underneath of it and it just like gets better and better and better every mm-hmm. time and i mean absolutely I, it's hard for me to compare him to like modern vocalists because like there's definitely powerful singers still out there but yeah there's something different about the way he did this album that yeah it's just that this is his vocal style i think is like of a bygone era like there are i'm sure there are vocalists that kind of do this kind of wailing screaming thing that he does Mm -hmm. but like they're few and far between and this i think was kind of like the chris cornell vocal style was like the template of the grunge movement mm-hmm. and you know and no and very few people did it better than he did i can't name any maybe lane staley from allison chains he's the only one but he, he didn't have that falsetto in the same mm. way it was equally as strong and yeah he was a lot talented. more baritone than, uh, yeah. than not that chris cornell can't do because it's so crazy he can do baritone when he wants to too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like on certain songs like he's just he's just going really low like mm-hmm. that like, fuck chris dude and I don't think he can he couldn't get that low on the two previous albums. Like it wasn't mm. possible. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> he finally went through puberty. <laughs> <laughs> At 26 years old. Yes. Exactly. He's a late bloomer. Late bloomer. <laughs> uh, you want to move on now? Oh, to my favorite song. To f- oh, slaves and bulldozers Let's is your it. favorite song. That's just track three right here. Jump in with uh, this bass right here. The bass line on this fucking and it's and it's a consistent bass line, dude. Oh, it's so good. This probably isn't my favorite song on this one, but it is one of my favorite songs. It is yeah. such a strong track. Mm-hmm. Now, by the time I now, this was finally a song that I had never ever heard before when I jumped into this album for the first time. And I was just like, oh man, it's like seven minutes long. It's gonna be boring as fuck. And but by the end, I was just I was convinced that this was probably the greatest vocalists of all time i mean mm. you, you can't do this chorus without without saying that <laughs> you're right yeah that's like i know in, in the studio many tricks were probably done but <laughs> maybe not back in 91 though maybe. i wonder if that's the case you can hear the reverb but everything else is all chris and that guitar riff that kim fail guitar man mm. And everybody's complimenting each other so well too. Like Matt knows when to keep, you know, just just keep in the background and just let the axe wielders like do their thing. Got to got to wait for it right here. <laughs> you can't you can't skip this part. No no. This pre-chorus, this building pre-chorus. Fuck, dude. <laughs> no, like me sitting in a cubicle alone at the age of 21. Listening to this, just being like, "What the fuck is going on?" Chills, then, dude. Oh, the chorus doesn't even hit, and we're here in the chorus, dude. Like, like right after that building pre-chorus, to him just like screaming his heart out right here in the chorus. Beautiful. 
So, and I mentioned this to you earlier, that the show I went to in 2007, this was mm. the this was the song that he closed with after two hours of screaming like crazy. Acoustically? This, no, no, he sang this song like this this level with his background band. Oh shit! Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. So, uh, and he he sang it like this, and like Cameron and I were just sitting there watching. Like, this is the most powerful vocal song of the entire Soundgarden discography. Shit, and dude. The end of the night, and we're all just like. We, we can't sing anymore because we've been singing along for two hours. But he's that, hitting all these fucking notes like it's like he's 27 again. That just goes to show you what a talented singer this guy was. Like this is like, you know, not that like every other singer in the world, like not that good. But like this is one of those songs that like you start the set with. Yeah. Because you can't hit those notes after you do this. You right. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure if I listen to a live recording of it, it probably doesn't sound this perfect. But um, still, when... My camera and I just like sat there staring, like whoa, like we were not expecting this. Um, and uh, that was that was the end. That was the end of the night. <laughs> yeah, such so just a consistently good song too. And you and you mentioned the length too, like because of the strength of the song, like you don't feel the length. This is one of those songs that just like it just it just breezes right through. You don't feel it at all. <laughs> Dude, that pre-chorus is my favorite part of the song, dude. So good. Right. Again, effortless. He goes from... Yeah. I love it. Oh, way up there. I mean, maybe David Lee Roth. I don't know. (laughs) Screw it up! (laughs) Exactly. Oh, man. Uh, I was totally rocking this in my car, and I'm I'm pretty sure I I was hitting it. I was just like, oh, my God, I'm actually doing this. (laughs) Of course, I had it it turned up to 75 on my car. Yeah, yeah. on my way to work, like... (laughs) I was just screaming like the end of that pre-chorus just over and over again and a couple of times like I, I went back to track three when the song was over because like I got to do it again got to do it again <laughs> oh fucking love it man and then you got your bridge right here where everything drops out except for that bass and, and the drums and the vocals mm. uh, and again that's another another strength of Chris like he just goes straight from like this wailing to like you know to the baritone coming up there so low and subdued it's like oh fuck i feel like i never felt that the the follow-ups to this were as good this is why this album always ranks higher for mm. unknown because it's so unique and it's so heavy <laughs> like what do you think of the guitar solo here oh man it's great it really fits the chaos of this song i feel like you know, a lot of a lot of times I feel like guitar solos are just a means for a guitarist to show off. Mm-hmm. Like, fit fits perfectly here. This whole album doesn't like reek of like guitar solos of unnecessary ones. And then, then the guitar just fades, fades on down, and Matt Cameron's just doing his thing in the background. Yeah, he's holding it feel, together. He's holding. And it you together. feel that bass, dude. That that bass right there with Matt Cameron. Just you're right. You're right. Keeping it together. Whoa, who's this guy? I thought Chris Cornell was our lead singer. Who's this dude? Uh, I mean, you, you you hear this in the Avalition stuff, you know. Even oh yeah, you could tell that Cameron was like the definitely inspired by uh, Chris oh, yeah. Cornell here. And any chance we could we could take the guitar out of a song and just do a bass and drum and vocal mm. dynamic? <laughs> it's like do it. I loved do it. I loved your band, <laughs> Avalution man. I loved it. We were never going to be this heavy, but you know still songwriting was kind of big. oh and then it just explodes right the last back right here. back into where we were too effortless <laughs> so good dude oh man 
So we're going to keep gushing on this song unless we move on. So are you ready to move on? Go on to uh, another great song. Another great song. This is Jesus Christ Pose, track four. Just, we, um, we, did, we did miss the bleeding into from track three to track four. Uh, it's oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's there okay. is a really good uh, transition that goes on, but we got to move on. That song's way too long. But <laughs> was this one? <laughs> yeah, it's a good, it's a long song, too, but it's another great one. Jesus Christ Pose, according to what I'm reading here. This was the first single. Interesting. Um, and a great introduction to this band, I'd say. This, I would, uh, this, if I had heard this song first, I would have stayed far away from this band. Like, oh, is that right? There's no way I would have liked this if I had heard it on the radio. Especially, at, you know, that, that in 1991. Oh. But even as a grown-up, I don't think I would have been excited about this if I had heard it as a single. <laughs> mm. So this, but, one's uh, not, this one's not one of your favorites? Well, it, it, it became one over time. But it's, oh, there's okay. so much chaos going on that I, I would have been frightened. That kind of controlled chaos, right? Like you got this, you got this weird like back and forth with Chris doing the rhythm and guitars in the background, and then you got like the lead just like doing that. It's so good, and the bass right there too. Mm-hmm. Feel that bass line. It's like, like this is fucking good. This is just where the strobe light is going on stage when they're performing it live. Yeah, <laughs> really long extended intro, but like it 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 it, it fits the overall tone of what the song is going for. And then uh, his vocals just kind of show up out of nowhere right here. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's creeping ever so slightly. Power. Mm-hmm. But uh, they get a lot more powerful. <laughs> yeah, the song itself, too, lyrically, it's kind of like, I, I, on when I first heard it, like those, those, those months ago, I thought it was just one of those like, oh, you're dumb for being religious. But no, right. it's, it's actually like when I read the lyrics, it's like, it's, it's more... It's talking about like proselytizers, like the ones who like judge you for not believing what they believe, and the ones who condemn you and stuff like that. So. Man, gotta love that guitar. It's, it's crazy because like when I first heard this song too, like it was never like off-putting, like the way it sounds like it was for you. Like I was all in with this song. I'm like, fuck, it was just, yes. It was just frightening at first. Oh sure, that was that's all it was. And then the more you dig into everything, and you're just like, oh, my my young burgeoning atheism is being validated by this <laughs> gorgeous dreamboat of a of a lead singer man. Like, oh, I, I I can I can enjoy this. Yeah, especially coming right after such a strong track like Slaves and Bulldogs, man. Oh like this God. hits you so good. And I mean, we've all been approached by this guy on the street, like, "Hey, brother, oh, yeah. have you have you heard of the of the good word?" <laughs> like, that's some, all of these, some of these people are your father, <laughs> and, my uh, father, right. <laughs> specifically. <laughs> and as you like politely try to get away from them, they keep on politely following you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, are you staring at me like I'm driving the nails? Oh my god! Like, how dare you condemn me, sir? I'm only yes. trying to save you. <laughs> I'm just trying to eat this sandwich on the sidewalk in peace. And this is always what I wanted to scream uh, in those moments, getting, getting uh, I don't want to say harassed, just getting talked to and trying to politely back away. Not today, disco lady. Not today, <laughs> Satan. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And then right here, this guitar part right here, going into the second chorus. Mmm. Oh, so good. That little palm mute little part right there. So good. Get through that without just, just creaming. 
See, this is what I mean though. Like, this album fucking holds up, man. Like, this, they're like they're doing stuff that like bands today like is the highlight of like their whole album, and they're doing it in like four or five tracks. You know? Yes. And just those these dynamics right here, this little like outro, post-chorus outro thing here. Yeah, there's a lot of music. There's a lot of like musical highlights when it comes to like this song specifically. You know, this is one of the few tracks I feel like of this album where like the musicianship stands out a little bit more than Chris does. Right, right. And it's just that that rhythm right there between the three musicians there. Mm. So good. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I love that chorus riff. So good. So I think that's about the end of the song right there. So let's go ahead and move on. Hear, hear this? Oh. Hear this. Oh my God, Chris! You madman! That's his devil scream. Damn! That's his devil scream. <laughs> oh, right there, Luke. You get kind of low right there. <laughs> Not to lose Satan. Right. Again, I know it's. I know it's studio tricks, but it's still pretty good. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, it's so dope, especially with the message of the, of the album, too. Ah, All right. Good thing you stopped me. I can't believe I <laughs> didn't do that part. So right. now we're going to move on to track five, Face Pollution. God damn, the song's good. Great intro. Mm-hmm. Much more about the musicianship than the, than the vocals on this one. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, let alone the lyrics are not really much of anything. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried to deep dive into the lyrics in there, and I can't really figure out the thing. I think it's probably just... I think Chris probably just wrote this in some drug-induced stupor. <laughs> Scared by monkey faces, you know? This is all just that rhythm right there. But when we get to the bridge, that's where it really shines. Yeah, this is one of the more like uh, punk-inspired songs on the album. On the album. But so much better than anything on the previous two albums. Absolutely, yeah. If they were, if they were to write another punk album like, instead of what Bad Motor Finger turned out to be, like, I think, it, I think it would have been like a punk masterpiece almost. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was the interesting thing about this band: Black Sabbath meets punk rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a, such an interesting, just such an instrument, inst- interesting combination, and like it, it really solidified that formula for like a good set amount of years in rock scan is that rock right there i don't know what the hell's going on i, I know i, I, I think I, I hear horns too yeah there's horns in there <laughs> yeah i just love that when it just comes out of that and and that's just like going on the snare just face Yeah, it's a really cool track. Really cool track that's not really about nothing. No, it's more of like an interlude, really. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the heaviest interlude you'll ever find. Absolutely. It's like two minutes, 23 seconds long. We'll right. probably talk to the rest of it. We got 20 seconds. Might as well. Long. I mean, because yeah. we're going into probably. I, I don't know if it's my favorite song, but it's by far a favorite. Adam, how many right favorite here. songs do you got? Oh, my God. Let's see, there's 12 tracks. Probably have like eight. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah, and then somewhere they're they're gonna attempt a ballad right here. They are gonna attempt to. Oh, this is track six. Somewhere. Mm-hmm. I try to try not to, not try to, not try 
that range, man. We're gonna keep talking about Chris Cornell's dynamic range. It's so, it, it gives you chills. Like no matter how many times you listen to it, you've probably heard this album like hundreds of times at this oh, point yeah. in your life. And like oh, I've yeah. listened to it like a, a, you know, probably about a dozen at this point. It still gives me chills. You can tell they worked really hard on their transitions. You know? Yes, definitely. This is all just a, just a Ben Shepard song. You put this mm. one together. Ben Shepard wrote the lyrics, you think? Or does, do you so know that for sure? He's the primary songwriter. Oh, okay, cool. I mean, this is totally like a ballad, but it's so heavy. Yeah. It's a very, like, bad boys with the harder gold type of thing, you know? Not even close. <laughs> but it's, like, the closest they can get to a ballad. Yeah. Like a stone would come many more years later. What is it about this song that you like so much? Um, I think it's, it's just always been that fact of, of how it's, like, the softest song. <laughs> it feels like the softest song of the album. Mm-hmm. But it just it just keeps on building and building, and it's slower as well. It's almost like a, a, a break. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that too. That, that that is why I like this one. It does feel like you are getting a bit of a break from the chaos, and uh, it, I think it's fit. I think it fits perfectly on the album too. Right there in track six, you're you're hit hard with five incredible tracks, and you know we're slowing it down a little bit. So really, really, really good transition and interlude, if you will. Adam is feeling himself. Today. I know, man. I, know. <laughs> I listened to this yesterday, and I was like, I don't need to listen to it again. <laughs> but right here, right here on the end here, let's listen to that scream. All right. Mm. It gets higher. Oh, you can! Oh, I love that you can hear his voice cracking. Oh my so god! That the, you can't get. <laughs> Like much much more passionate than that. So good. I know. It's like it's not human. It doesn't feel like a human being should be able to make those kind of noises. Mm-hmm. So and then you got your extended outro here that fades down and then comes back out, which is which is a Seattle grunge thing. That oh yeah, that's as Seattle as it gets, dude. That was a sub pop thing. Like a lot of those old sub pop bands before they got mm-hmm. famous were doing that, and then Allison Chains did it on on a Dirt, and uh, then. Bad Motorfinger, or Soundgarden did it here on Bad Motorfinger. Yep. There you go. Every band uh, influencing one another, trying to perfect the art of rock. It's really well. Love it. Shall we move on from here? Searching with my good eye closed. This is track seven. Searching with my good eye closed. Now, I've been trying to grasp at the hidden meanings behind this song here. Mm. What, what, so what is this good eye? Why is it closed? Why? Why? <sighs> Like, are we talking like my my literal eye, like my third eye? Like, what are we what are we talking here, Adam? You're more familiar with this Adam uh, with, with this album than I am. <laughs> I think that, I think you don't need to look too far into it. Just like with most of his lyrics, they're not <laughs> they're not crazy deep. It's more about the delivery. <laughs> this is the intro before we get into it. Right. This is my good eye. Do you hear a cow? A rooster says. Here is a pig. The devil says. 
<laughs> painted blue across my eyes. And what do you hear after he says uh, after he says the devil? Oh right, yeah, yeah. Who, who's so, screaming right there? That's who is Chris, screaming? Your Chris Cornell devil scream right there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's it's anything beyond that though. Hmm. It's a speak and say. It is. <laughs> the rooster says. Yeah. I can remember a... driving with my parents in their car with Cameron, and we were listening to this album, and like right when he says the devil says, Cameron was like, <laughs> the devil says. <laughs> like, totally <laughs> laughed at that part. And here he comes. Get it? I'm the devil. Oh, me, Chris man. Cornell. Yeah. Have you met me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's not too much more to this song besides it being a slow, grindy, Seattle-sounding kind of song. Mm. It's got some strong vocals in it and uh, okay, just an incredible bass line. Uh, see, I've been like trying to rack my head in the last few days, like trying to find the hidden meaning over here. I've been trying to like go to like lyric genius or like try to look at any blogs that I could find. I couldn't find anything. So, <laughs> so I was hoping that like you might have some answers there. So, like, this means that he's he's searching and he can't see very well. Uh, <laughs> I got a stigmatism, right? <laughs> There's a few tracks on this album that kind of give off that kind of stoner metal vibe. Mm, you know? There you go. This is definitely one of like the more stoner metal type of tracks on this album. Searching With my for good a... eye closed. Searching for a ground. It's trying to find a place to land. Mm. He can't see it very well because of is that. Is it because he's high? High on I'm trying to. I'm trying to get he's the metaphors, over, man. He's, he's the devil. He's got wings. Oh, Don't that's right. That. Yeah. <laughs> he's floating, trying to find a place to land. Is it here in Seattle? Is it just <laughs> the American wasteland? Is it right here in 2020? We'll never know. <laughs> yeah, Chris, you were uh, just a couple decades off. Mm. <laughs> So this one, you know, again, just just more of a chill kind of break. Yeah, I was gonna say that we're we're this is like this is like the chill out moment for me when this album's. So it's, after this track, you're gonna have to kind of help me out a little bit because my kind of main criticism about Bad Motor Finger by Soundgarden 1991 is that the the first seven tracks very strong mm. and I feel like the album is a lot more front-loaded with all the great stuff and the and not the eight not the tracks 8 through 12 are bad in any way I just feel like they're not as strong and it kind of meanders a little uh, quality wise until new damage until new damage new damage is, a, is an incredible <laughs> final track but uh, everything in between there I just felt like it kind of meanders a bit you know okay well it's it's just it's not as not as heavy and in your face but listen mm. to that riff on room a thousand years wide should we just move into that let's do that this is track eight room a thousand years wide fuck that intro fuck that intro yeah that's why I've, i always loved this song and i always hated that it was skipped on that old like the skip <laughs> it's always like right <laughs> that, was, that was what i always heard <laughs> mm. so uh but but you feel like this one is not i guess not as epic not as epic there's epic moments in this one like i love that riff i love, I love that, that guitar riff. that guitar over 
over his vocals there. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, that's that, that's a cool little studio trick. Just to have it, just to kind of have it like flailing in the background there. So it's like, like the ouch. Back to the crooning. Then again, it's 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 always about that rhythm and the and those dynamics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I I agree with that too. Still, the balancing is really is is, is still there, uh, and you know everybody's doing everybody's doing a great job uh, complementing one another. Every instrument knows when to back off and to let the other instruments shine, or to let Chris shine. Chris knows when he needs to drop out and uh, let the guitar do his thing. Right. Yeah. The bass always was driving that, but and then you know Matt Cameron being being kind of chill in the background, mm-hmm. the way the way he'll sound for the next twenty five years. <laughs> but <laughs> is this your favorite Matt Cameron piece? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Be gay tomorrow, tomorrow. Be gay. Here's that scream. He didn't have to add that hey. in here. He just kind of did. He didn't. No. <laughs> but Chris is doing what Chris does best, yeah. Right. So it's surprising us all. Right. So, that, I mean, I know this song just kind of goes from here, but this is yeah. always just like a grooving song for me because of that riff. Yeah. Uh, that. You know, the, the, all the previous tracks are like A pluses to me. This is more of like a B plus, A minus, you know. So it's not a bad song at all, but it's definitely less memorable. Like, you know, when I think of Bad Motor Single, I never really think of this song first. I always think of, you know, Jesus Christ pose or, right. or you know, Slaves slave and Bulldozers. Yeah. Rusty Cage. Rusty Cage, baby. Really good track here. But right. uh, I think we can go ahead and move on now. This is track number nine, Mind Riot. Yes. And this is this is definitely the, uh, the snoozer. Yeah, one of the weaker songs on here. Again, not like a bad song. More like a B minus, mm-hmm. in my opinion. It's a snoozer that's almost five minutes long. It's um, almost we, as if like this is like the mandatory like slow song, mm-hmm. you know, kind of the mandatory like oh this is just faded out to the end of the album, you know. There's some interesting things on those last two Audio Slave albums that sound oddly similar to this, but much mm. worse. <laughs> <So> <laughs> that is kind of an interesting dynamic, but uh, you know, I try not to think about those albums too much. <laughs> I wouldn't know. And- like from the sounds of it, thankfully so. Yes. <laughs> but you can still dig that heaviness when the bass yeah. comes in there. Yeah, the bass is doing well. I, I also just feel like this song, like this intro, is a little too long. Uh, that's that's, that's kind of what I mean about like the latter half of this album, like kind of meandering. Like I, I feel like it's not composed as strongly as the first half. Uh, See, this sounds like remember we talked about Mother Love Bone. Mm. This almost sounds like a Mother Love Bone song, except much heavier. But it's got that that Andy Wood vibe to it. Remind me what is Lo- Mother Love Bone? That's the uh, the Temple of the Dog tribute. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I know though they only did one album. If you ever want to check it out, it's really not that bad of an album. Um, but yeah, that so th- this sounds kind of like a, a Mother Love Bone track. Even though they were a lot more up-tempo kind of 
a little glammy, not too glammy, but uh, still much more much more radio friendly than most other Seattle stuff at the time. Oh, okay. And in a yeah, this one kind of gives off a little bit like a psychedelic vibe almost. Right, right. And that was definitely the uh, Mother Love Bone thing there. Um, but yeah, I could always... It, it is like the most boring song on the album, I would say. But when you... Yeah, it's the most droll. But like, not in a way where it takes away from the overall power of the album. But you're right, it, it, it sticks out. So I think that's like what makes it so jarring. And when you review this with me in 20 years, I think you'll understand. Okay. We'll be a lot more chill in 20 years. You know? I think by then, by then it'll start to settle in. <laughs> Just like the stuff on uh, all those other old, old bands we've been listening to, the, the Green Days and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It takes some time. You're a young man now, but someday you'll understand. Folks, welcome to episode 7. 700 something the skinny we're gonna do the 50 year remastered version <laughs> the bad motor finger i can still hit those notes in my car not in public <laughs> but in my car and then we'll get to the new album by bill murray <laughs> his 85th album <laughs> yeah unfortunately i don't really have too much to say about uh mind riot here it is it is more of a chill out thing it's got it's got its cool little psychedelic vibes mm. but it does kind of meander i think the intro is a little too long i think it kind of can benefit from a little tightening up a little bit maybe like 30 seconds a little too long in my opinion but yeah let's go ahead and move on then track 10 drawing flies this song always pumped me up in a non-sound garden sort of way this is so not a sound garden song yeah this is like a lot more like punk you know (laughs) yes and after those like two kind of slower tracks you're just like whoa here we go yeah, this is placement-wise as far as the album. Like this, this is perfect because of those two tracks prior to it. Love the words. I love, I love singing this song so much. Yeah, it's a fun song to sing along to because it's also like, like the 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 lyrics are almost like nonsensical, and it's almost as like because. Brian Fallon does this a lot too where I feel like he's trying to force the lyrics into a song that doesn't quite fit but like it comes back around right. to being perfect that's, that's exactly where this is that's what this song is yeah exactly you got, you got your horns in the background yeah bring back the horns why not I just go off on this song all the time yeah, one of the one of the more fun songs too. I feel like it's a, I feel like I feel like it's it it probably just benefits this song the most because it's it, it is placed here behind like two slower kind of the the most forgettable songs on this album. Right. Don't don't forget about this part right here where the where the guitar drops out. It's fucking epic. You know, it's just a reason. Again, again, these musicians they know exactly when. To drop out and let the other things shine. Yep, they got that bass. And and because the guitar like drops out right here, it makes those vocals just sound even stronger. I know, I know. It's probably a copy and paste, but like, 
but just 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 the fact, like I said, like with that guitar dropping out, so good, so mm -hmm. much stronger than I think it was even intended to be. Pretty much. Mm. So yes, I learned nice a lot. little quick track there. You learn a lot about writing music and putting in cool dynamics like that. Absolutely. Uh, so I'm just going to let this finish out in itself, and then we will move on to track 11, Holy Water. Another anti-Christian song. You're so dumb <laughs> if you don't believe I am believe. So oh dumb. God. Isn't it so hard when you're 27? People want you to be saved. You're just like, no, nah, bro. And I'm like, nah, dude. <laughs> I did. I've been there and done that. I'm gonna write a song about it. A little bit of the crooning, but he's also, you know, talking about some serious issues of, of abuse and whatnot. Yeah, like being raped by a monkey circus freak. No, Mike, you've you've told many stories about that. Mm -hmm. I think there were stories or jokes. I'm not sure which one, but a lot of <laughs> the answer when we return. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's definitely you know we 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 made our jokes about it, but like it's definitely it's it's definitely a track about like the the abuse that happens in the Catholic Church. Right. But, uh, and I could uh, like the vocals there, as well as the rhythm of the of, of the guitar and bass, and then just got some of the screaming chorus here. Mm -hmm. Very simple. Like, very Chris simple. is doing a great job singing the chorus, but I don't think the chorus is very memorable. You know, one of the weaker choruses in this album. Again, give it 20 years and, and you'll get it. <laughs> the 50 year anniversary! Because, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that way too is definitely not the strongest chorus on the album, mm -hmm. but I still find myself really enjoying it whenever it's yeah. on. But, like, with an album like this, not every song has to be the best song in the world, right? Right. I guess not. Very, you can't, I guess, 12 out of 12 incredibly epic tracks. <laughs> and to look and to compare this coming out the same exact day as Nevermind, I think Nevermind buried it, though. That was the thing. Like, this still sold millions of copies, but Nevermind sold, like, beyond millions of copies. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure it probably hit platinum status, like, that weekend. Mm -hmm. You know? Right. But, uh... But of course, like I wasn't in the music scene at this time, being four years old, <laughs> so I wouldn't really know like what the public perception was. You, you just know? started kindergarten, dude. I mean, you. Were oh, sure, yeah. I just no, started no, kindergarten. I was, I was in there like singing "Drawn Flies" to. Right. <laughs> X's in my eyes and giant lies. I had just started sixth grade, and this was far from my radar. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I was listening to this though. But like the the public, the, you weren't like around the public perception of it. Like you didn't oh. hear like what was going no, on. No, everything I heard in '91 was R&B and hip hop and mm. MC Hammer and Vanilla Ice. I mean, that was it. I didn't hear any rock music at that time. So oh, okay. It's, it's just what was shoveled to me. Just because it wasn't on your radar, because like yeah. you weren't allowed to listen to that stuff. Or it what? was not on my radar. I didn't even oh, okay. know record or uh, radio stations like this existed. Uh, prior okay. to that time so I, I, was, I just had my Bobby Brown and Mariah Carey albums and fighting with my parents over Vanilla Ice and uh, and then I can remember it's a my, sentence I've never heard in my entire life fighting with my parents over <laughs> Vanilla Ice by the end of 7th grade was when I was first introduced to Nirvana I went over to a friend's house and he put Nevermind on and that was at the you know June-ish of 92 and I looked at the album artwork and like Kurt Cobain is flipping off the camera in the liner notes and i was like 
this is this is like punk music oh man i've never heard this before and that was like my, my very first slight introduction was him playing that album mm. at that point and then like i hear nothing about him until he died and i was like oh i, 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 I remember nirvana i've, I've heard of them sure <laughs> but no too, I, I too that would have been like the height of yeah like, i didn't know their popularity i didn't know anything about soundgarden until black hole sun uh, 1994 or 95-ish. So that was that's just where I'm at with that. And then uh, by 96, I really enjoyed Burden in My Hand from Down on the Upside. And so that's why I asked my grandma to buy me that album. Mm, okay. And so that was like my first purchase. And then just slowly going backwards over the next six years. So you made it here eventually, though. So Right. So yeah, I was, I, was, I was always wondering like if you were like on the ground level of like, oh, like no. or at least like if you understood what was going on with like the rock music scene at the time. But the, not at all. I was an idiot. But there was no internet back then to tell me what to yep. what to think and feel. <laughs> just like me, you know, we're we're, we're we're looking at this with the benefit of hindsight. Let's just be prepared for this next track coming up. All right. So we, we're we, gonna let this one bleed out. We got like 17 seconds here. Ooh, that outro is screaming, dude. I know. It's good, dude. It's good. Coming up here is track 12 with mm. New Damage, the final album, mm. uh, final track of the album. Boom. Mm. And just listen to that scream, baby. Mm. Drop right out to, right into New Damage. Folks, this is the final track of Bad Motor Finger. Oh my God, dude. I think Chris just got oh. stung by a bee or something. Oh, I can't, I can't hold it that long. Nobody can do that. He's, in, he, he's, he's the only one that can do that. Mm -hmm. it it kind of like toes the line of like passion and pain too you know you can't tell of like you know what which is which sometimes it's a faceless poison oh good god that riff dude oh you can't deny that riff Mm, absolutely Kind of, I kind of wish the bass was doing its own little independent thing, though, you know, instead of just kind of following the guitar. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that would have, like, elevated this song just even more. It might be. We just can't hear it. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's going down. Get out. So, I gotta say though, like I really enjoy listening to you feel, your, feel yourself. Mm. Like it's very, it's very entertaining, <laughs> and, I, and I really mean that too. You should have so. seen me walking down Newport uh, a few weeks ago when you were first mm-hmm. listening to this, and I hadn't heard this this album in like three years, and I was just like, "Fuck yes!" <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about this song, dude. Like, as soon as like I started memorizing some of the lyrics, like I was screaming it in my fucking car, and like, you know, that, that stuff that I usually reserve for like some like my favorite albums of the year. But uh, yeah, I'm so glad like I got to absorb this, and you know, you know, I finally got to finally absorb Chris Cornell and his career. And you know, with that being said, Adam, like, what are your final thoughts on this album that you've never listened to before, Bad Motor Finger? I always Soundgarden. Like this was the great transition going from this into Super Unknown. Even though there's like a three-year gap, mm. you know, you get a lot more of this slow, heavy stuff on Super Unknown than on this album. Um, but no, it's a perfect moment in time that I wish I would have grasped in 1991. I don't know if my brain could have handled it. I wish uh, more people could check this out because it's really it's really fun to listen to. Yeah, and I can attest too. Like if you you know if you want a cool, not just a snapshot of the early 90s and where the rock scene was, 
but even just to get a, a, an album great songwriting great vocalization with very minimal like studio input i feel like because mm. but again i'm listening to the 25 year um uh, remaster so i don't know if they just kind of I don't know if there is like a lot of like vocal effects in the original cut, but I recommend checking out the the remaster because that's how I checked it out. That's how I fell in love with it. But musically, though, like you know, we've we said we talked about it like multiple times during this review. Each musician knows exactly what their job is and knows exactly when to let one another shine. And Chris knows it too. And like Chris drops out, like right here, like mm-hmm. Chris like drops out and thing. yeah. He, he was crooning the entire song, he, and he knows when the guitar needs to come in and do its right. do its solo. It's so good. But then right here, when he comes back in, it's pretty epic. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Like, there's a lot of great singers out there, but even speaking personally, very few of them give me chills. The same way that like Chris Cornell could give me chills. Right. Just that dynamic range of him just effortlessly going from falsetto to baritone to screaming bloody murder to crooning to like almost like an R&B kind of groove. Like there's like we, I know he's no longer with us, but like we are so lucky to live in an era that Chris Cornell lived in. You know? I know. I know. I definitely have to agree with that. I know yeah. you, you still haven't really jumped into higher truth yet. The, uh, the closing album of his life, mm. but uh, you know that that it, it it all comes back around in a weird sort of way when you bring all of his discography together, and you're just like you don't miss this level of intensity because the tracks are just still that good, except on mm. those oh five oh six oh seven albums. Like that was just a dark time. But hey, you know he was <laughs> he was going through some stuff, Adam. <laughs> And then this outro here is just like that's just now we're throwing everything into the garbage yeah. proposal. <laughs> it's, pre- it's pretty much the perfect cap on Bad Motor Finger. It's just fucking pure chaos. We're gonna, I don't I don't even know I don't even think the guitarist is trying to do a fucking solo. I think he's just fucking right. trying to wreck his strings. <laughs> right. And he can still he goes so freaking high on his voice. Oh yeah. It's so like we didn't need that, but why the hell not? But he gifted that to us, you know, to us specifically. And I feel like this is the, the album that buried hair metal. Like you can't go back to Motley Crue and Wham, Wham. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say Warrant and 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 Striper. You can't go back to that after this album existed. I know everybody thinks that Nevermind was like that catalyst, but this this album blows Nevermind out of the water. Ca- Nevermind was trying to go for a different thing. Nevermind's a lot more cynical than I think this album is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's definitely trying to speak to that Gen X vibe of like, yes. you know, like the world fucking sucks. Nobody cares about us. Like, fuck like the generation before us because you don't under- fucking understand us. Right. You know, this album, not so much is going for that. It, it, there is some like jovial moments with some of its like silly lyrics. Um, there, there, you know, and it talks about sad boy stuff. It talks about like, you know, important issues like you know, the Catholic, uh, the, like the Catholic Church abuse, and exactly, you know, things like that. And so, yeah, so, you can't, you can't go back to she's my cherry pie. You, yeah, you, you, we can go back to that in like ten years or so, but yeah, a couple of bands will try. <laughs> Ninety one, it just was not going to happen. Yeah, um, so I, I always felt like that was the beauty of that album was that just like all right let's flush all the fluff and let's focus on 
on the real music like you know that was me mm. in my early 20s like finally it's real and again there wasn't too much in 2001 2002 that was current that was like breaking you know breaking genre stereotypes and whatever so i still felt at that time that this was the one the one pure god <laughs> the one true path <laughs> and you know in especially in rock too you know a lot of bands or you know rock let me let me start over and in, in, in rock specifically there seems to be like generational leaps like 15 years after this you know 10 15 years after this album would come out you know the the emo screamo scene Mm-hmm. would start to rise and that itself too it it took a little bit of punk it took a little bit of metal took a little bit of pop took a little and kind of made its own little thing and eventually would kind of take a little bit of electronica too, kind of blend together to make its own little thing and that's what this album did um i say perfectly uh in 91 like it took a little bit of punk took a little bit of that hair metal glam that little bit of sh- you know that kind of showmanship that chris cornell's really good at took a little bit of that seriousness of hard rock and kind of mixed it in a blender and made the seattle grunge scene pretty you know? much pretty and that kind of carried the that carried carried the rock genre for a good like 10 mm-hmm. years until like until like new metal came along right right with the pretty much and i mean and rise against tried in the early 2000s with some great mm-hmm. albums but they they didn't get to that level yet until mm. the mid-aughts so um but you know, yeah. but just like Soundgarden, they kind of they 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 tried to do a thing, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. It was it was rough around the edges, and then they got to Bad Motorfinger, right? Right. It really, really was. So, um, it's just it's just like that perfect element, and you know, yeah. you, you can see where '92 goes, where like Dirt with Allison Chains was shortly thereafter, and you know that takes the self-deprecating to a deeper, deeper level, um, and you can't even like compare Dirt with facelift on the same level because facelift was was very much bridging the glam slash uh uh grunge kind of thing even though i really i really liked it um yeah they it's almost like they heard bad motor finger and were like well let's need we need something a little bit more dark and that's what they really did for alice in chains so you know and then pearl jam went where they went with their first albums um nirvana obviously self-destructed shortly thereafter <laughs> just like a lot of bands why what happened did they break up yeah they broke up it was sad oh creative <laughs> differences is that what it was something about a, a <laughs> courtney somebody something about oh, all the lead singer had to quit to kind of focus on his marriage and personal Some, life something about a hole oh no <laughs> Holes in oh no cease this adam cease this <laughs> But Chris Cornell carried on. And I, mm. I really think like, I hope that you, you, not you, the, the listener, because you'll take this for what it's worth, but you, Mike McCullough, yes. <laughs> Skinny with Mike and Adam, continue to listen and uh, do what you can to go deeper and deeper with it. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely because I've, I would say I'm a Chris Cornell fan and Soundgarden fan now, but like this is definitely an album. This and like uh, Super Unknown. I still like Super Unknown. It's you know less than um, Bad Motorfinger, but uh, like yes. those those are albums and also the audio the first Audio Slave album. Like those are albums I'm going to continue to listen to. They're going to continue in my rotation because I'm just a genuine fan of them. They're they're just really really good for and not not just for what they are, but like they're just like like we talked about for the last hour or so. Like the the, the songwriting is on point. The vocalization, the music composition, the way that 
the way that each member of the band knows exactly what to do and when to drop out and like that's that's just the mark of a good band and it's just timeless great rock music and like you know and and it's and it makes sense how this would go on to inspire like the almost like not not single-handedly because like you know nirvana would be right up there with them but like this would be one of the albums that would help define a whole decade of music and it really shows and it's so strong and you know even though i was four years old when this came out like it holds up <laughs> five, dude. Like, it five. Hold. five sorry yeah you know, even though i was five years old and colors came out, and like, shapes i mean it was you you were learning about how to be bad <laughs> <laughs> i was a bad boy back in the day you know how many but, bad uh, fingers am i holding up mike <laughs> <laughs> motor uh, but uh yeah, but like, as as you've heard us gush for the last hour or so, like this this album holds up, guys, and I hope that you go and check it out and appreciate it for itself, you know, because I think mm-hmm. I think there's, I think it offers a lot, a lot of value, not just in like a time capsule sort of way too. I have a lot more band albums from the '90s that still hold up if we ever want to deep dive, but it's okay. We don't have to. <laughs> Adam, we've got new music to talk about now. We got, Adam, we we got new music. We got we got we got twenty twenty to cap off very, very oh, soon. Money, money, twenty twenty part <laughs> dropping soon. 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 <laughs> well it's, we're almost there, Adam. Okay. Adam, you've been check we actually we've both been checking out you a little bit more than me, but we've been checking out some new music. Yes. Tell me a little bit about your breakfast today with Eggy Pocket. Oh, yes, I shall. <laughs> um, I didn't even know that this album was coming out. I remember reading that he was writing it. Um, and That's the thing and, with Bill Murray and his music. It just kind of happens, you know? Right. And then, I mean, apparently he was posting it online, but I wasn't paying attention because I don't follow him. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, I wonder when this Aggy thing is coming out. And like I, I learned it, it came out this past Wednesday. Like, first off, no albums get released on Wednesday, but his day. Right. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, I can probably cram in some listens before we record this week. And boy, did I enjoy this. Oh, cool. I was impressed. I mean, just a quick little release, right? You said it was seven tracks long? Yeah, seven tracks. It's about 20 minutes. It's a quick flyby. Um, It's it's not going into his experimental weird stuff that was there in the middle. It's definitely going back to just his good pop punkish rock kind of stuff um i know he's got the the cowboy hat on and there's definitely a couple of country ish twangs to it okay so the like, album art is actually making a statement on the music then it's not just a little him being bit weird only really on on the first track um, okay. i mean the, well the names of all the all the songs are hilarious but uh yeah but there, so, i just brought it up here absolutely cranking my mf and hog exactly i seriously dislike most other humans midwest (laughs) lawn lawn care care. that song is dope dude that song is so good (laughs) so let me read that again midwest lawn care dads who mash brews who smash oh smash brews (laughs) and then post almond clarity Florida in the hard seltzer water featuring John Mess and Dayseeker. Great song. John Mess and Dayseeker. Great Holy shit. Song. It's fluoride in the hard seltzer water. Oh, sorry. I thought it was Florida. God, <laughs> no, put, put your fucking song. spaces in. Is your space bar broken, part. dude? That's the hard part is that you, it's hard to know the names of the songs. Lift heavy, lift heavy Stone. Lift Heavy Stone. Make Sad, sad 
head head voice quiet yes oh you get it brain damage okay good song good song and then egg, egg. is a great song um okay, cool I, I gave this a six out of seven this is like my favorite uh bill murray album since banana is that right i, wow. I, gave, I gave that one a six out of seven as well um but no that that uh john mess Dayseeker track is really good um midwest lawn care dads who smash bruise <laughs> it's a really good song the, the music is not funny by any means and there's like one element of like a a slide guitar like a steel guitar kind of thing in absolutely cranking my mother effing hog um i don't like that song very much that's the only track i passed on okay but yeah so because of that track he had to go out and get a bedazzled uh, cowboy hat he did for his album sure work. did. All right. <laughs> it's a tax write-off, you know. It's for work. <laughs> so I was, I was impressed. I was quite impressed right. this week. I, I, I mean, with, I, I know it's unfair of me, but like I always, you know, I, I look at this and I unfairly like judge a book by its cover, and I was just right. completely ready to like pass over this and not even give it a second chance. But I guess I'll listen, I'll listen to it this week. If you have 20 minutes to spare, please. I don't have that do. kind of time, dude. Come on. T- 10 minutes for Trans Am EP. I mean, you might run out of time in your week. Dude, that's like my entire week, bro. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we also listened to two other EPs, didn't we? Yes. We got to listen to Meg Myers. Both thank you for taking me to the disco and her uh, other EP that came out the same day. I'd like to go home now. Um, after listening to them, I struggled to understand why these had to be two separate releases. Part of I me was, wants to just make this an album and call it a day. Yeah, it, it, I think it, I think it has to be, but um, mm. I, I'm sure she has her reasons why. She was giving a lot of interviews, which I'll talk about in a bit. But like, I was thinking that like, oh, this might be like maybe. Thank you for taking me to the disco. Was kind of like, um, more in line with like her traditional music maybe i'd like to go home now it's maybe something a little bit more experimental so that's the reason why she um separated but no they tonally and musically they sound pretty similar right even lyrically they're kind of going over the same kind of subject matter mm-hmm. so i don't understand why they just separated the two but however you got to be different sometimes got to be different she but, got uh, our attention she sure got our attention yeah exactly but um so what'd you think overall of uh, these two I EPs? Loved both of them pretty evenly. I think they are both pretty good. Pretty Not my favorite Meg Myers stuff, but I do like where she is, like where her mindset is, like spiritually, like where she's kind of going in life, mm-hmm. and like she's still not afraid to do like sex jams. Uh, well, there's yeah. a song you, here, as you said, Meg Myers fucks. Meg Myers fucks dude <laughs> now there's a song here on uh thank you for taking me to disco called breaks my back that's a, mm, so that's, a, that's a that's a sex jam dude oh my yeah <laughs> that song i put that one on my best songs of the year list it's really good yeah i don't, I don't blame you it's it's on mine as well but uh yeah but but for, but for the most part the majority of the songs kind of deal with her kind of evolving spirituality and kind of how she's coming as coming into her own as a woman like she's kind of evolving her womanhood and kind of not not like a puberty sort of way i'm, I'm talking like <laughs> like she's trying to find her place in the world and this song kind of like mm-hmm. talks about that journey and uh, she's definitely talked about that too in um in interviews i've been reading in like very you know well-spoken well-written interviews and um yeah i, I like how i like where meg myers is taking her music you I, know it's I really just this i i didn't care for the last track on uh i'd like to go home now i thought that was oh, too short but yeah and it it, it, it is kind of 
peter out right mm-hmm. it's, it, did, did you when when you re-listen to this stuff do you kind of look at thank you for taking me first and then yes i like to go home now yeah that's how i've been listening to it too yeah and it's hard you have to listen to all 10 tracks together i feel you can't just like listen to five and then take a break and come back to the other five i feel yeah like, and they definitely fit well, and they flow much better too when you listen to it like all 10 tracks together but i would have given this like a nine out of ten if uh, it was a full album i still don't know want to just lump it all together and call it a full album and put it in my top 10 most likely i think let's let, let's call it right now we'll just, we'll just call this the new meg myers album okay we don't need to break this up into two eps because that's, that's going to overcomplicate things i know i'm going to keep listening yeah. to it i don't know where it's going to stand but it's going to rank pretty high on my list nice dude yeah highly enjoyable and then you know uh, uh i was expecting to like it but i wasn't expecting to like it like like but you know not my not my favorite i think mike make a shadow from uh 2014 mm. is still probably my favorite meg myers album so pretty fucking good, good. Pretty but good. uh but yeah I, at least like where she is in her life i really like because that stuff can easily like crash and burn like you know like like it has with like senses fail even though i still listen to that album for its messages like that album critically speaking is a fucking mess <laughs> with a <laughs> pull the thorns from your heart what i mean but yes. um but yeah this this could have easily been like the meg Myers version of pull the thorns from your heart but like it's still very enjoyable like the songs are the songs are bangers the songs are vi- uh, you know very memorable have great choruses and you get a sex jam in there you get your mandatory <laughs> meg Myers sex jam but uh <laughs> but uh yeah go 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 check out both of these eps um uh, you know it, 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 yeah sorry you gotta search for two things but go go look for thank you for taking me to the disco and i'd like to go home now but listen yes. to them, listen to both at the same time. You won't be disappointed, I think. And then should we give our five-second review of Redux 2? So Silverstein <laughs> released another Redux, uh, just kind of not like the latter part of their career because they still do like early shit, but the, mm-hmm. they just called it Redux Part 2. Right. And uh, Adam, how many times did you listen to this and then put it away? Um, Just once this morning. It was all right. Like I, yeah. I like you listen to it and you're like, oh yeah, I remember that there's all these Silverstein songs that I really enjoy, and yeah. they they sound a little bit different than the originals, except for on major mountains we conquer, which made me very upset because it is now written in a major key instead of a minor key. <laughs> like how dare you? And it sounds like a pop punk song that I don't like when Silverstein does pop punk songs as we've discussed, but yeah, they're not the best at pop punk, but like, you know, they, they've had some good pop punk hits, but like not, they're not the best at it. I liked the acoustic version of California. That was pretty cool. Yeah, but I think they did one on the on the like special edition track of what was the name of that album? This is how the wind shifts. Yeah, that one. Yeah, I, I think there is an acoustic version, but yeah, they just redid it again. Well, there was an acoustic version of Massachusetts, but I don't think that there was a acoustic version of its counterpart, California. Oh, is that right? Okay, yeah. then I must be mistaken. Then I'm, I must be thinking of the acoustic version of Massachusetts because I always forget how much I like that California song, and I was like, oh man, this song's so good. Yeah, and I in. Like you said, like all of these songs are some of the best Silverstein songs out there, mm-hmm. but like they don't do enough to make this an interesting release. It is just, it is just a compilation. You know, I know they re-recorded it, but yeah. like it's Nothing like to do, yeah, where to go for the year. Might as well do it. Like if you are still a person who like buys albums, you can just look up this track listing and then make your own playlist, and you're basically there. You know, <laughs> right? But I mean. <laughs> Hearing the new versions of of those two songs that I just mentioned make that, you upset. So that, listen to the original. <laughs> that's at least worth the listen to judge okay. 
accordingly because i mean hearing um on mountains we conquer in an up-tempo uh chord structure is weird because no I, mm. I i haven't heard of a band doing that like let's reimagine this song but let's write it in a major key instead of a minor key so i mean that's inventive it just made it sound like crap <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it it did kind of crash and burn as a as far as like reinventions go. But uh, you know, I'm sure huge Silver Scene fans are going to love this. You know, people who loved uh, you know, a beautiful place to drown earlier in the year will probably eat this all up. But uh, yeah, I mean, whatever. I was going to listen to it no matter what and I won't listen to it again most likely. I gave it two listens, so you know, one more. So 100% more than I thought I was going to listen to it. So, so whatever. Is that everything for the week? Moving on. I think so, dude. I uh, li- listened to Zach and Brandon's podcast, and I was inspired, oh, right, yes. inspired to listen to a couple albums they mentioned. Um, the I al- still have not finished it because they, re- you know, they did there. Uh, I listened to like half of part one. Okay. So not so to, not, about, not fully finished it yet. They talked about the band Stand Atlantic, which oh yes, that is a that is a band that I'm familiar with. They okay. are from Australia, a female vo- uh, female led vocalist. Yes. Um, no, I haven't been a huge fan of like all of their music, but I don't think I checked out their new album this year. Okay. What's the name of the album? Uh, crap. I have to open my phone back up again, but I know that I'm going to listen to that because it, it rated in their top 10. And then the new album from Seaway uh, is, is discussed. So I was like, I should probably maybe check that one out too. Uh, Pink Elephant is the Pink Elephant. Yeah is the stand Atlantic and then big vibe by Seaway. I'm going to listen no, to that one. And so I listened to, um, as far as stand Atlantic goes, a uh, skinny dipping, which was their album from 2018. Um, that one's pretty good. Uh, but it didn't like wow me enough to be like, Oh, I'm going to definitely going to keep on listening to this man. I completely forgot that pink elephant came out to be honest. <laughs> so I'll let you know uh, at the end of the year where it ranks. Seaway. It sounds like a familiar band. Let me see if I have anything that I've listened have- to. They have four albums, and I wasn't sure if you had mentioned them being somebody you listened to this year, but uh, Zach really liked it. So it doesn't look like I'm familiar with any of this stuff. So yeah, hey, let me know how you like Big Vibe then. Congrats to Zach on his marriage. Enjoy that new world. <laughs> <laughs> that is the oddest congratulations I've ever heard you say. I'm, I'm just saying, like we usually talk only about children on this podcast, but uh, oh sure, you no. Know, but welcome to the marriage world now. Yeah, man. Congratulations. Cause like Adam didn't even congratulate me on my wedding. I'm the only one that didn't get married this year. So sad. That's true, man. Yeah, when are Brad. you going to find love? Me and Brandon are the only ones who didn't get married this year. At least Dave got married like last year, right? Swinging bachelors. <laughs> and Daniel, when is that? Daniel got married. I think no, Adam, Daniel did not get married. <laughs> Daniel will get married, but when Daniel will get married when they're ready to get married. I forgot the order that he was doing things, so I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Adam, you judgmental prick, and I think that'll do <laughs> for this week's episode of The Skinny with Mike and Adam. Hope you guys enjoyed this blast from the past. That yes. definitely puts a cap on uh, Chris Cornell's, and uh, we'll never talk about Chris Cornell ever again, except if he puts out a new album. Like, Do you think that's going to be... It might have soon. There's plenty of things recorded that the band is sitting on and fighting legal battles with his widow. So we'll oh, see. <laughs> we'll we'll learn the truth someday. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, uh, definitely highly recommended. You go, you guys, go check out Bad Motor Finger. Uh, you know, we're winding down at the end of the year. Some of you guys may be making lists like us. Uh, I know some of our listeners are making lists. You know, one of our listeners who has a podcast has already made his list. Uh, so you know, 
will be reconvening uh, the weekend of December 4th. So the episode, newest episode will come out December 6th. Uh, so go and, you know, stay subscribed to us for now. Uh, we want to, again, we want to wish, oh, the 7th, I'm sorry. Happy uh, we want, Day. Oh my God. <laughs> Your honorable mentions for the year on this terrible year. Ugh, no, now we have, to, maybe we should see the worst albums of the year on that one. <laughs> All right, I got to go. My family is calling me all righty man well that'll do it for this week's episode for my co-host adam i am your co-host mike and like we say in the jesus christ pose the jesus christ pose break your rusty cage and let your silver steels shine i don't know there's some weird lyrics in there (laughs) and run